Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. say to you that whatever battle you are facing or dealing with right now, you have already won that battle. Okay? You've already won. Now, some teachers will get up and they will tell you that you don't have to fight a battle, that you don't ever have to deal with any battles, that the Christian life is perfect, there's never any trouble. Man, I wish that were true. The Christian life is full of trouble. Some of you, you've dealt with people in the hospital. Some of you have dealt with death. Some of you have dealt with financial trouble and all kinds of trouble and temptation. And I want to tell you today that, first of all, there is a God. First of all, there is a God. You need to remember that. And second of all, whatever battle that you are facing, you have not only overcome it, but you are more than a conqueror today in Jesus. Amen? Amen. The verse or text that we're using this moment, uh, this uh, series in this month is Romans 8.37. He says, yet in all those things we are, what's that word right there? More. We are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. If something is more, if I had a dollar or I had $20, which would be more? 20, right? If I had $1, $20, which one would you want me to give you? The 20, right? Because the 20 is more, right? The 20 is more. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, unfortunately, our eyes are fleshly, aren't they? And we tend to see the things that are going on around us. We tend to look at the church and we tend to see people who aren't here anymore, who have decided to move on or go elsewhere for whatever reason. They've decided to do that. And our eyes get fixed on that. And we think, well, something must be wrong. Something must be bad or something this or something that. And we get our eyes on the wrong things. It's not about who's not here or was here. It's about who's here right now. Amen? That's what matters. That's not me speaking against anybody else. That's not me talking bad about anybody. I love anybody. I love everybody in this town. But I want you to know, it doesn't matter if there's only two or three of you in church today. We're still going to preach the Word of God. We're still going to focus on the Word of God. And God is going to send people who want to be part of this church. Amen? God's going to send people who want to be part of what He's doing. Amen? See, I believe that. But we get our eyes focused on the wrong thing. And let's be honest, as people, we tend to look backwards and not forwards, don't we? Man, I see it on Facebook all the time, putting, people putting memories of things that they enjoy. And listen, there's nothing wrong with doing memories. I don't mean to imply that anything's wrong with that. But our focus 
tends to be on what happened. Listen, if we lived in yesterday, it wouldn't be called today, amen? Listen, I appreciate the blessings of the past, but I need God for today, don't you? I need God right now. I need God in this moment. I need God in this time. I need God today, amen? And not only do I need God today, I need him tomorrow for tomorrow's troubles that come, don't you? I need God today. I need God today. I don't worry about who was here or who wasn't here or who is here. I worry about, God, what are you going to do this morning with the people that you've sent to this church? We're looking at the world today. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Anybody feeling that? Every time you go to the grocery store, it's like, what, 4 or $5 for a gallon of milk now? Man, I'm going to go buy me a cow so I can just have some milk. It'll be cheaper. Amen? Mass shootings. Mass shootings are becoming normal. And, and it's not just America. They've had mass shootings in the South Africa. There was one yesterday. Two of them, as a matter of fact, there is one in Holland. Mass shootings are becoming normal. The people are just killing each other, and it's becoming very upsetting. Our leaders in both parties, Democrat, Republican, They've lost the trust of the people. Whenever you hear a politician speak, you just, again, it doesn't matter if they're Democratic or Republican, you just know that they're not telling the truth. They're only saying what it takes to get votes, right? We don't trust our leadership anymore. And it seems like in this country that the wealthy and the corporations are the ones that are in control, doesn't it? It seems like the corporations are getting what they want. Our families continue not to serve God. I mean, I, I, I hear you, sometimes you come in and you get so excited because you thought your family members were going to show up and they don't, and it's discouraging. They kind of go back and forth. One minute they want to serve God, the next minute they don't. We fight through hardship, through trial, through financial difficulties. We go through all these things but in spite of that, we feel in our heart that something worse is coming, don't we? You can feel it in the air, can't you? You can feel it in the air that something more, something more difficult, something more challenging is coming. It doesn't have to me to be a prophet up here to get up here and say that. You just know. It doesn't matter what political party you're with. You just know. You see it. The signs of the times that hard times are coming. Pretty encouraging so far, isn't it? <laughs> That's okay. I have an answer to this. I want you to be encouraged today because even though hard times come, doesn't mean that it affects our joy. Amen? Doesn't affect our joy. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, it says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. You ever been like that? You go through something, God, why me? Listen, it's happened to everybody, okay? We've all been through something. This is not strange. This is normal. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, that you also may be glad with exceeding joy. So that means... That means that you have to smile. 
That's what joy is. You know that? You know, sometimes, and I've said this before, as Christians, man, we could be the grumpiest people out there, don't we? Are you a Christian? Yes. (laughs) You know, sometimes I tell dad jokes just to keep myself laughing because, you know, life can be painful, right? But we have to put on that smile because we know what God's about to do, amen? We know what God's about to do. And it comes to the point, do we trust him? Do we believe in him or do we not? Do we know that God's going to do something or do we not? And that's what I want to talk to you this morning. I want to tell you that every battle that we face, everything that we deal with, not only is God victorious, but he lets you join in with him so you can be victorious. Amen? I want you to know that you are victorious this morning. I want to share with you a story out of the Bible because I want you to know the enemy is real. He's coming after you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what your status in church is. He is coming after you personally. In 2 Chronicles, it talks about a story where the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir came and they wanted to attack the kingdom of Judah. Jehoshaphat was king at that time. Now, Last week, we talked about the Philistines. Remember that? The Philistines represent sin, the temptations of this world. They represent a a race of people that had nothing to do with God. They didn't know who God was, and they just came and attacked the Israelites. That's, That's what the devil does. He comes and attacks you, okay? But see, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, the people of Mount Seir, were a little different because Ammon and Moab were descendants of Lot. Remember, Lot was Abraham's nephew, right? Lot had compromised himself and moved to Sodom. Because of the sin of Sodom and because Lot accepted the sin of Sodom, he lived in the sin of Sodom. He became like Sodom and he accepted the sin of Sodom. God knew Abraham and he rescued Lot because of Abraham. But as they were living, you remember the story. Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt, and they went to a cave, and they survived, him and his two daughters. And then what happens next is a terrible story. His daughters, because they were raised in that area of sin, where sexualization was something that was normal, perversion was normal, they slept with their father, incest. They slept with their father and had children with their father. Their daughters had children with their father. They were perverted. They had a wrong view of sexualization. Does that sound like the world today? Do you know they're trying to legalize pedophilia? Did you know they're trying to do this in some states? They're asking it for it to be normalized and it for it to be okay. They're already talking about abortion like it's no big deal, like it's not a problem. This world is perverted. Well, these you young, they, the women had babies in the name one Ammon, and then they had the other one Moab. So these people descended from Lot. They were cousins, so to speak, of the Israelites, but they were perverted. They, were, they were, might have been related in family, but they were not related spiritually. So when you talk about the people of Moab and Ammon, when you talk about these people, it represents a part of our carnality, a part of our flesh that we thought that we put down, but it keeps rising up. It keeps trying to overtake us. That temptation that comes 
Brothers and sisters, there are two battles that you're always going to have to face. You're going to have to fight the battle against sin that is coming at you. You're going to have to fight the battle of sin coming up in you. Remember that. The sin coming up in you is a little tough, though, because it's hard to put that down because it sneaks up on you because it's familiar. Amen? It's familiar, just like family is familiar. But we got to recognize it and call it what it is. Well, anyway, these groups of people, they rose up and they gathered against Israel. Now, they gathered against the king of Jehoshaphat. And you know why they gathered against Jehoshaphat? Because he was a king after God's heart. He went into Judah, and he went in to make reforms. He said, we can't keep living the way that we are. We can't keep serving other gods. We can't keep doing those things. We've got to reform and serve God only. Amen? We've got to see whenever you rise up and you make a decision to serve God, I can promise you that that old man nature in you is going to rise up and say, no! It's going to rise up and say, no. Listen, that's why I tell young believers, if you do something wrong, it's okay. God will bring you back to it. But you got to get rid of that old man. Amen. You got to get rid of that old man. Well, they rose up because Jehoshaphat was making reform. He worked on reforms to reinstate worship. See, that's what's happening in the church today is we've forgotten how to worship. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. I said this earlier. We somehow think that I'm just going to sit here like the Quakers. Quakers were a people in the 18th century that they would just sit there and wait for God to move, and they would begin shaking, and to them, that was God moving. They depended on God coming down and doing all the work. Brothers and sisters, that is not how it works. All in the Bible, the people rose up. The people worshiped, and then God responded. Amen? God responds to our worship. God responds to that. Yes, you have to put yourself out there. Yes, you have to raise your head. Yes, you have to be the one. But listen, if you're a lump on the log, he's not going to bless that. He's going to bless the one that gets up and shouts and says, amen. Pastor, I'm an introvert. I'm not really comfortable with that. Listen, we're all uncomfortable. That's why he made us fools for worship, okay? We become a fool for him because he, be, he was a fool for us. I'm trying to unlock something in you. I'm trying to get you to see something. Even now, as I tell this to you, the enemy is attacking me right now. Did you know that? You can't see it, but I can feel it, man. I can feel the enemy coming against me. Every word that I say that tries to get you to worship, the enemy's trying to Tamp my voice down. The enemy's trying to keep me from speaking because he doesn't want you to unlock this powerful thing in your life of worship. He doesn't want you to unlock what God is about to do in you. He doesn't want to unlock. He doesn't want you to unlock that relationship that God has. So they came. They wanted to attack Israel, and Jehoshaphat heard about this. Listen to what he did. He called a fast. You know what a fast is? It's more than just going without food. It's consecrating yourself to God. Pastor, you you talk about repentance too much. I'm going to tell you, I don't talk about repentance enough. Okay, I'm going to tell you that. I don't talk about repentance enough. 
Somebody said to me one time, you talk about the same thing all the time. And my response is, when we start doing the things that the Spirit is instructing, I can move on. Amen? We've got to get this in our heart. We've got to go where God wants us to go in this. And Jehoshaphat feared. You ever been scared with the things that you're going through? Jehoshaphat was. Sometimes I look at the problems that we face, and man, I'm not, I, get, I get worried. Anybody else get worried? Raise your hand. I want to make sure I'm not the only one who is unspiritual sometimes. We're all unspiritual, aren't we? We get worried, don't we? Of course, I get worried when dinner's five minutes late, but that's a whole other story. Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Oh, man. Notice that the writer didn't say they asked Facebook. Send help, LOL. All you prayer warriors out there, pray for me. No, that's not what they did. Listen, I understand the immaturity of people saying, all you prayer warriors, pray for me. I understand that. That's just immature. But we need people of God who will go out and say, I want my help from the Lord. I want my help from the Lord. Amen. And they did it. They did it corporately, not by themselves. They came to church, and together they said, Lord, we need you. Does anybody need God this morning? Does anybody going through something they need God to do something about? Does anybody feel the enemy coming in and trying to undermine them and take them out or make them discouraged or depressed? Do you need God this morning? Come on, I'm going to ask you again. Do you need God this morning? See, this is the great thing about God. Now listen to me. If I were to ask my wife, honey, come here a minute, please. You know what she would do? She'd give me a weird look like, what are you doing? But she would eventually come when she knew I was serious, right? Right? Okay, maybe you don't know. <laughs> but man, if I ask God, if I ask God to come, you know what God is going to do? God is going to say, angels, you got to shut up a minute. My child needs me. Hey, come here. Come here. I'm going to ride you down to heaven. See, the Bible talks about this. I'm going to ride you down to heaven. We're going to move some mountains. We're going to part some oceans. We're going to do some things. I'm going to blow my breath, and the enemy's going to be scattered. See, when we call, when we call on the Lord, the Lord will answer. Wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute. I called on the Lord one time, and he didn't answer. You know, I get that. I understand that. But listen, sometimes it takes two or three times of calling because the Lord wants to know our heart and how we truly believe. If we gave up after only one time, why should he respond? Because we didn't trust him, amen? Oh, he didn't come when I wanted him to. It's not about us. It's about him. See, they fasted, and they said, Lord, we need you. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. You know what I wish? I wish the churches of Juno would stop being so segregated. 
And that pastors would get together and we would pray for each other and we would have Holy Ghost meetings between each other and we would get in each other's pulpit and proclaim the word of God and that we would become unified. That's what I wish. Is it going to happen anytime soon? Probably not because this town's divided. We're so worried about losing our members to each other that we're protective over what we have, like, like it's ours to begin with. Look, God may have lent you the flock, but it's not your flock, amen? Listen, if someone doesn't want to go to my church, I understand. I'm me, and they're them. I'm not going to be mad about that. But listen, I'm not here to steal anybody's members. I'm here to propagate the will of God. I'm here to build up the kingdom of God, amen? Why can't we come together? Why can't we come together? Because the attack is coming, the enemy is coming, and he's looking to destroy us. I'm reading more and more and more where people are blaming Christians for abortion laws. They're saying it's the Bible's fault, Christians' fault. The hatred towards Christians is getting worse and worse. Brothers, they are coming after us, amen? But we won't be silent. See, when you seek the Lord, you find him. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You guys understand that God is near right now, right? A lot of us have this mentality, well, pastor, I'll deal with it when I go home. Me and God will get together. But see, the atmosphere is not the same. God's presence is in this room right now, and he's ready to do something for you. He's ready to move in your heart. He's ready to bless you. He's ready to touch you. But then the Lord spoke to the people. Verse 14 and 15. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. So while they were fasting and praying, while they were seeking God, the Lord spoke. Isn't that amazing? How many need God to speak in your life right now? How many need God to speak in your life? You may be saying right now, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't need that this morning. I got to tell you, you do need it. You just don't realize it. You need God to move in your life this morning. You need God to touch you. He said, it said, he said listen. <laughs> I love it when God does that. Right? Because we're not, really, we're not really focused right now, are we? We're thinking about everything else but God. He says, listen. All of you of Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. He wanted to make sure everybody knew that it was God talking directly to them. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be, oh, praise God. Oh, man, am I the only one feeling God right now in this place? I'm about ready to run around this church. He says, do not be afraid or dismayed. In other words, don't be down. Don't be discouraged. Don't be let down. Don't give up. Because let me tell you what's about to happen. Because of this great multitude meaning the Ammonites and the Moabites, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, man, I can think of so many times in my life 
that have happened to me, but God came through. I can think of the time that I was almost bankrupt, but God. I can think of the time that I almost lost my life, but God. I can think of the time that I was down and depressed, but God. I can think of the times that I was upset and I was weary and I was tired, but God. Man, too many of you are trying to fight your own battles. I always watch those movies where one person goes up against 20 people and they, he beats the 20 people. Have you ever seen those movies? But you, what you always notice is they never attack him at one time. They always attack one at a time, right? Let me tell you something. When the enemy comes, he fights dirty. He fights dirty. He's going to use your past against you. He's going to use family against you. He's going to use your, your uh, well, everything about you against you. He fights dirty. He doesn't care about you. That's why the battle is not yours. You need to stop fighting your own battle and let God fight the battle for you. Amen? This is what God said. He said, i tell you what I want you to do. Because you know, normally when they went out and fight a battle, he goes, okay, all you guys line up, everybody get swords, everybody get shields. We're going to go fight a battle. He says, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. Why don't you get the singers, and I want them to go first. Singers are like, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? You want me to go out in the middle of the battlefield with nothing on, and I'm just using my voice? Okay, God, are you crazy? What are you talking about? You want me to go in the middle of the battle and you want me you want me to be there and sing while people have spears and swords and rocks and they're going to throw them at me? You want me to be in the front of the battlefield? The Bible says in verse 21, and when he consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Other versions say, give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. David repeated this, or it wasn't David, there was another psalmist who said, give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. See, what you don't realize is your voice is a powerful weapon. And, and we've been trained in church that only the good singers can sing. Only those who have perfect pitch and who have been trained classically. Has anybody been trained classically with their voice? Nobody? Okay, good. We're all in the same boat, okay? If everybody in here sings bad, it's okay. But our definition of singing bad is not God's definition of singing bad. God uses us singing and vocalizing to him as a beautiful, especially, see, I've seen some people with beautiful voices sound ugly because of their pride. They sound ugly because of their, their ego. They get up here and they say, they don't say this, but you can feel it. Worship me while I sing. You can feel that. They do the motions. They do the, 
the things that are fleshly. They seem spiritual, but they're fleshly. But man, I've seen someone who doesn't have the voice for it, someone who doesn't know how to sing properly, and, and maybe to someone else it doesn't sound good, and they, they come up and they raise their hands and they give their all. And I've seen the Lord use that person more than anybody else. It's not the quality of your voice. It's the worship, brothers and sisters. That's what God wants from us this morning. He wants our worship, amen? You know, I can just, I can just hear it now. They went out on the battlefield, and they're all nervous. They're kind of standing beside each other like, I don't know what's going on. You ever been put in a situation God's put you in, you don't know what to do? And they're just, maybe, maybe there's some, I just see some grandma out there, some elder finally just say, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to start worshiping the Lord. Whatever happens to me, I, I know a grandma did this. I'm sure it was her. She just starts saying, give thanks to the Lord. Whew. Mm. For his mercy endureth forever. You got, you got some young man over here saying, man, that sounds pretty good. He, he joins grandma and he goes, give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Then all the people just started with one voice. They started singing the song. They started worshiping God. And you know what happened? Verse 22 to 23. Now when they began to sing, as my musicians come down, when they began to sing and to praise, notice there's two things there. When they began to sing, when they began to praise, you guys understand the difference? When you sing, you're worshiping God. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. You guys go ahead and start playing when you set up, okay? They set up ambushes. <laughs> see, in other words, the enemy didn't see it coming. The enemy was like, oh, I got them now. I got them now. I got the Israelites. We're going to wipe them off. They're done. The Judites, we're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. They're sitting there high-fiving each other. And God says, come on a little further. I got something for you. Come a little further. I got something for you. Oh, yeah. Come on a little further. I got something for you. And they were all singing, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. So they were singing. He set ambushes, and he came against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab said, they stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. In other words, the enemy turned on itself. Oh, praise God. And they began to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the habits of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Now again, it started. It started. Because some grandma over here, and I, may, I don't know how this happened. Just give me a little bit of artistic license, okay? Some grandma was over here, and she just felt it. She felt God moving. And she says, I got to do something. 
I got to do something about my situation. I'm not just waiting. I'm going to believe that God's going to do something. I'm going to believe that God's going to do something. I'm going to believe that God is going to take care of me and he's going to move in my life. So she just starts like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody stand. song but as you can see the words are pretty easy right do you want victory over your problems today do you want victory over your flesh today then we got to worship we're going to put some enemy to flight today are you ready are you ready i want you to sing it with all your might sing it right now oh give thanks to the lord for his mercy endures forever give thanks Come on, everybody, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, somebody. What's worship God? Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy. Come on, let's raise them now. Oh, give thanks, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endure. Come on, worship. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endure forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy. Listen, 
I need some worshipers. I need some worshipers. You know what worshipers mean? I promise you when the music's going, nobody's going to hear you. Okay? I need some people. Because I'll be honest with you, I myself have been through a battle this week, okay? And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of fighting. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to win, but the only way we're going to put the enemy to flight is if we sing him out of here, okay? we got to sing him out of our lives, okay? So I need some worshipers. What does that mean, Pastor? You know, when David worshiped before the Lord, he started dancing. And he danced so hard, his clothes fell off. Again, I am not asking you to do that, Skylar. I'm not asking you to take your clothes off, okay? But I am asking you to let yourself go a little bit, okay? Pastor, you're just, you're just trying to get me to be emotional. Yes, I am! Because I want you to feel what God has for you. Hallelujah. Here we go. You ready? Some worshipers. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Come on now. For his mercy endures forever. Give thanks. Come on. Sing it out. Sing it out. I want to hear you. Sing it out. Give thanks to the Hallelujah. For your mercy endures. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord. Come on now. I declare every battle that you're facing right now won in the name of Jesus. Everything that you are dealing with won in the name of Jesus. I declare victory in the church today in the name of Jesus. I declare victory in the church today in the name of Jesus. I declare victory today in the name of Jesus. I declare victory in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Lord, you're moving now. Oh, yes. Give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. The battle's been won, brothers and sisters. The battle has been won. The battle has been won. The battle has been won. Hallelujah! The battle has been won in your life today. When you leave here, the enemy is going to try to tell you, oh, that's not true. That's not true. 
I'm still coming for you. You just look at him and say, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy. And then, then the enemy's going to come up later and say, no, 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 that's not true. I, I'm, 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 that's true. You say, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy. And, and then, the, then your relatives are going to come up and they'll say, you're not anything. You're not worth anything. You have no value. And you're going to say, give thanks to the Lord for his and then, oh, and then, then you're going to look at your checking account. You're going to look at your checking account, and you're going to say, oh, God, how am I going to make it? And you say, give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Then, you're going to look at your family that's unsaved. You're going to look at your family that's unsaved and you're going to get depressed about it. You're going to get depressed about life because the enemy just doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. And you're going to shout. You're going to shout to the top of your lungs, Give thanks to the Lord! For His mercy endureth forever! His mercy endureth forever! Oh, give thanks to the Lord! For his mercy endure forever. Give thanks to the Lord. For his mercy endure forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His mercy endure forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, it is not your will. Or it's God's will for you to be defeated and walk around in defeat. Okay? Listen, I, I'm not saying you're not going to have trouble because you will. I promise you that. Okay? You will have trouble. You will wonder where God is sometimes. But let me tell you something. Right now, God's laying an ambush for the enemy. God is laying an ambush for the enemy. That goes to you, brother. God is laying an ambush right now for that enemy. He's laying an ambush for that enemy. And God says, hold on, guys. I got this. I know, Will, I know you called you up here. Just give me a second, okay? I, I got this. I got my second wind. I'm about ready to jump on them like they've never been jumped on before. They're, listen, the enemy's about ready to get a whooping. Now, I can't stress this enough. Stop sinning. Every time you sin, you give a placeholder to the devil. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.